Hello and welcome to the Praise Center Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com. It's been the last couple of months that, do you complain to God ever? You know, without crossing the line, we don't want to be disrespectful, but I was just complaining to the Lord because I just don't like change. I, I, used, I like the, the, to know how things are going to be and not experience change in my life. But whether you like it or not, your kids grow up and they leave home. And you've got to accept that change. Right now you're holding the ones going, this time will never end, believe, but it does. And, and things change, and I go, I don't like that. And then this church family here. Can I tell you over the 18 years that we've been pastoring it, we've seen faces go and faces, faces come and faces go. And we just keep staying here. I don't like the change. Some faces I wish would stay forever. You know, Sal and I, I heard this the other day. This lady said this phrase, and I told Sal, we need to adopt that. Church, we are not a church that you attend. We're a family you belong to. I love that. That's got to be one of our phrases. We've got to start saying that. You are not a church. We are not a church that you attend, but we're a family you belong to. And I don't like it when change, when people change. I, it's just not my favorite. I'm, I'm not happy with that. I'm not happy with that it seems like in the spring now, or we have this fire season. I don't, I don't like that that's called a season. I don't like that we have this smoke season. I liked it that we had our four perfect seasons. We could brag that Wenatchee had it all. Now we just need to get rid of that. I don't like that change. I'm not much for change of technology. I just got I just, I just to tell you. And maybe it's my age. I don't know. But we, I just figured out our online thing for all of you. And then they changed the look of all of it. And Debbie and I sat in there for hours the other day. How do we do this? We're just trying to do this. And they changed it. And I'm like, going, don't change it on me. I don't like the change of everything that's happening. And King Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 12. He said, I, the teacher, the king over all of Israel and old Jerusalem, I applied my mind to study. I tried to explore by wisdom all the things that were done under heavens, what a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. See, you don't need to change anything because it's all meaningless. Chase after it, try to figure it out. It's meaningless. King Solomon, the wisest man of all, tells me, don't worry about it. It's just all meaningless. Because only one thing stays the same. Only one thing is constant in our lives. Through people coming and going in Praise Center, through our children leaving and having, great, having amazing children, and now I have a granddaughter. Praise the Lord. Some change is good, right? We were glad to go from men to women in our family. But change, one thing never, ever changes, and that's Jesus. Jesus never changes, and it's taken us 18 years of being a Praise Center Foursquare Church to put the required by bylaws of Foursquare scripture up on our wall. Better late than never, that's what I say. This scripture by our bylaws that we have as Foursquare is supposed to be on our wall. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Hebrews 13.8. You should memorize that one if you're truly Foursquare. And then maybe, maybe you have on your Foursquare underwear today. Truly Foursquare. If you want to know what Foursquare is, go downstairs. Look at the banners I made. They're down there. We don't get to display them up here anymore, but, you know. Yeah, go. Yeah. Did you know, uh, Louisa, that not only do we share a birthday, 
But Amy Semple McPherson, the founder of Foursquare, it's her birthday too. On, on our birthday. Yeah, we are really Foursquare. She didn't even know that. She's like, who's Amy? I don't even know. <laughs> but Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. That Jesus we read about here in this book. And all those amazing things that we read that he did. Is the same Jesus for today. Wow. Come on, Pastor Sal's doing a sermon on miracles of Jesus and, and how they're for us today. Today. And the same Jesus for the future. Your future looks daunting, looks, but Jesus is going to be the same. When we step into our future, he is the same. Malachi 3.6 says this, I, the Lord, do not change. Revelation 1.8 says this, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Ooh, he's the beginning and the end. He's the first and he's the last. I am who I am the God who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. That's who I am. I'm the God who is right now, the God who was right here in this word that we read about, and the God that is to come. He doesn't change. He always stays the same. And you can rely on that. And whether people come and go out of your life and whether things you have tough times in your, whatever it is, God is always the same for us. Thank you, Jesus. There's a story in the Old Testament of a man named Balak who came, it's in uh, Numbers, but we're not really going to, we're just going to read one little portion of the scripture. But this King Balak was the king of Moab, and he was not happy because the children of Israel had been taken over all the land. And so this king, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summon a guy named Balaam because I know that he has the heart, he can speak things. And then everybody is blessed when he blesses them. And if he curses them, everybody's cursed. So I need Balaam to come on my side and curse this people. And Balaam says, I, you know, I, I'll come. But and through a lot of talking to a donkey and all this kind of stuff, you read this story. It's really funny. So Balaam shows up. And talks to Balak, and this is what he says to Balak. Arise, Balak, and listen. Hear me, son of Zippor. God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I have received a command to bless, and he has blessed, and I cannot change it. Because what God speaks cannot be changed. Ooh, that's our first point, that God's promises never change. They're always the same. The promises in this book are for us today, just like they were for those people of yesterday, and just like they will be true in the future. These promises never change. They're always the same. Abraham received a promise, and here we can read about it. He received a promise. You are going to have a son. He's an old man. Took 25 years, but when he was 100 years old, praise the Lord. His promise came true, and he had a son. Why? Because God said it, and his promises don't change. God promised David. He said to David, King David, you will always, always have a son to sit on my throne. And we see the tribe of Israel going downward and not looking like it's going to happen. And what happens? Years and years later in the New Testament, we read about a man who is born from the lineage of David, whose name is Jesus who now sits on the throne of heaven forever. So God fulfilled his promise to David, you'll have a son that sits on the throne forever. Will ever reign, rule and reign, and that's Jesus. And God says to Moses, I'm going to make you a promise. You're going to be the deliverer of the people. Moses is like, 
most of us, but I can't talk well, I just, I can't do this well, I just don't know about this, and I'm already 80 years old, what are you talking about, don't call me, and he got all these what ifs, what ifs, I can't, I can't, and God said it, so it's true, and God took that stammering, shy man who just wanted to be in the desert taking care of sheep, and made him into the leader of his nation, Along with his sister and brother, right? I like that part too. But so Moses became the leader. Why? Because God said it. Man, I tell you, there are so many promises in here. There are promises, can I tell you, for your children? That it says in Proverbs that if you train up a child in the way he should go, or he, she or he, in this book, this is the way you train them up. And when they are old, they will not turn from it. You, somebody in this room needs to hear that this morning. That you need to hang on to that promise for your child. They will not turn from it because I trained them up in this word. And they cannot turn from it because God's word says it. And it may take a while for you to see it, just like it took a while for those people of old to see their promise. But when God promises it, it will come to pass. Some of you are seeing your finances going terrible. You're like, how am I supposed to pay my bills? What am I supposed to do here? I just don't have the money. Well, God gives us a promise in Malachi chapter 3 that a lot of us skip over this part. We don't understand why we're not blessed. But the Lord says that you're robbing me. How are you robbing me? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse. Your whole nation, because you are robbing me, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. I love that. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. Come on, everything you own is going to last longer. It's going to be fruitful. Then all the nations will call you blessed. For yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Wow. Wow. You want to be blessed? He's given you the promise. Tithe, and you'll be blessed. Ouch. Lord, is there another way? That's what he said. He's, not only is he going to bless you, but he's going to bless us as a church as well. I love that what that scripture says. You bring your whole tithe so that all of us as a family are blessed. And then you individually are blessed. Your crops are going to just be outrageous. I don't know what your crops are. But I hope they're great crops. And they're just going to go crazy because you've brought your food. You've brought your tithe into the storehouse. And maybe you're like Peter. He says to Jesus one day, Jesus, they're asking me for the temple tax. What are we supposed to do? Ah, Take a load off and go fishing. Pretty much, right? Just quit worrying about this life. Quit worrying. Go down and go fishing. And when you catch that first fish, pull it out, and there will be our temple tax right in its mouth. <laughs> Maybe some of you just need to go fishing. <laughs> Lord, my rent is due. You know? <laughs> Just go fishing. I think that nowadays maybe our pond is our mailbox. I've heard so many, so many testimonies that like, I was down to the last dollar. I didn't know what to do. And I went to my mailbox and opened it and there was a check in there. I love that. Maybe that's your pond. That's the way God's like going, open the mouth of the fish. We should paint our mailboxes all like fish, maybe. Open the mailbox of the fish. I got an amen from Sal and Chris. (laughs) 
Wow, God has promises for your children. They will never change. God has promises for your finances. They will never change. And God has promises for us when we're going through a hard season. I can't help but think of Chad and his family and what they're going through. And the Lord says in Psalm 23, Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you can fear no evil because I'm with you. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Amen? Good reports. No matter what you're going through, God says, I am with you in this tough season. He never changes. He's not going to change his mind and say, eh, you missed church last week. I don't think I'll be with you this week when you're going through a tough. He never changes his mind. He said, I will be with you. I am with you. I think of the story of Joseph and all the valleys he went through. Tough times. But you know what I love about this man named Joseph? Is that he always was positive in all of the misery and things he went through. And he always made the right choice. Wow. Here he is. His brothers sell him into slavery. He's a slave. And he says, well, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I'm going to be the best slave I can be. Yes, sir. Whatever you want, sir. Yes, sir. And then he's tempted beyond what any normal teenager doesn't overcome. Come on, baby. Come sleep with me, his wife said. She was probably very pretty. And as a young man... He probably took a two or three different looks at different times. But what Joseph did, he stood strong and he says, no. No, no, no. You're not mine. I will not. I will not cross the line. I am here as a slave to my master. I will not. And even though wrongly accused and thrown into prison, Joseph's like, well, let's make the most of this. How can I serve you? How can I? And the promise that God had given Joseph was that someday the moon and the stars and the she's, remember the dreams, they would all bow down to him. And God rose him up out of the prison, out of slavery, out of all of that, and, I, and put him in second in command in all of Israel. God, Egypt, sorry. P, thank you for correcting me right then. I hate it when he said, I'll, I'll correct you from now on doing help. No, no. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> It's so awesome that God fulfilled his promise. Why? Because he never changes. His promises never change. You can believe it. He cannot change his word. In Jeremiah 33, 20, he says this. Jeremiah 23, uh, 33, 20, sorry. This is what the Lord says. If you can break my covenant with the day and break my covenant with the night, so that the day and the night no longer come at their appointed time. Then by covenant with David my servant, and my covenant with the Levites, who are priests ministering before me, can be broken, and David will no longer have a descendant to reign on his throne. Can any of you in this room make daytime, nighttime, and nighttime, daytime? Can you stop the sun from coming in the morning? The moon from coming in, then you can't change his promises. No one can change God's promises. They will never, ever change God's promises. You can take them to the bank. His word never changes. Pretty much unlike all of us. Ouch. I was at a birthday party, and I'm, nobody in this room, nobody's birthday party, a little kid's birthday party. 
And it was so, it was sort of humorous to watch because I'm on this side of raising kids. So it was humorous to watch this young couple with a little three-year-old and then they had a little baby too. But the little three-year-old, it was, came time to have cake, whatever it was. She went up to the table and he's like, you can choose cake, a cupcake, a cake pop. There, there was, the table was full of snacks. And the little girl's eyes are like this big. And she's like, she decides on the cake pop. And she goes running outside with the cake pop and showing it to mom. Look at my cake pop. And she begins to eat it. And like most little three-year-olds, she's not satisfied with just one little cake pop. So she goes running back into the table. Someone saw her and told the dad, your daughter's back at the table again. Did you want her to have? No, I don't want her to have anything else. He goes in, he grabs her. No, honey, come on, come on, honey. And he drags her outside. Come on, play, play, get playing. And all she can think about is that. And she just keeps whining and crying and whining. Been there as parents? Of it. <laughs> whining and crying. And I want the cake mug. I want another one. And you know what the dad does? He changes his mind like we do. Well, okay, go pick something out, and you can eat it tonight at home when we get home. She's happy. She runs in the house. She grabs, I don't know what, she grabbed this time jelly beans, I think. She comes running outside, and she begins to eat them. Mom's like, no, no, no. Remember, those are for at home later. Ah. She begins to whine and complain and gripe. And well, the dad says, okay, but wait. Here, here what, here, what we'll do. Here, let me hold them. We'll save them for the ride home in the car. You can have them later in the car. She goes on and on and on. And we're talking, it was a battle. I felt so sorry for these parents. Because you know what happens as a parent? You're embarrassed. You're embarrassed because all of a sudden people are looking at you like, don't you know how to raise a child? Hey, man, you are crazy. And, and all of a sudden, because our child is throwing a fit, we think we're the bad parent. And then, so he says, okay, well, if you eat it now, you can't have anything else later. Yeah, right. How many think that that little girl is a little confused? What word is true and what word is not true? Right? That we keep changing. We do this. You've all done this. Sweetie, eat, eat everything on your plate before you get up from the table. Eat it all. Okay, eat, eat half. Eat this much and then you can. Three more bites. Three more bites. Oh, just get up. You're, you're going to eat that later for snack. Right? We all do it. We all do it. And we don't realize that even the smallest little thing like that, our child is looking at us and later they're going to say, but these drugs look really good. And we're like, no, no, don't do it. But, but mom, you said don't do that. And then you always let me. Wow. Come on. Ouch. Ouch is right. You know, ouch. Let your yes be yes. Oh, I wish, I wish I'd have preached this to myself 20 years ago, raising kids. The, just to stand on what you say is way better. Here's what I did. Because I got tired of Alex whining all the time. <laughs> I just never said anything. I mean, you see, he just didn't want to eat it. Okay, get up and go. So that way I didn't have to, to enforce something that I wasn't going to really enforce anyway. When he didn't want to eat it. How many of us really forced the food in their mouth? I never did. Oh, you did. You would. Yeah. Wow. These are tough here. <laughs> but God's promises. Can I tell you when He's promised to be with you? He's not going to change His mind. When He's promised you that if you bring your whole tithe into the storehouse, you'll be blessed beyond measure. He's not going to change His mind. When He promises you, you're going through a tough valley. And things are rough right now. I'll be with you. I'm not going to change my mind. I will not change my mind.
God is so good. We can take his promises to the bank. And God, you know what else about God that never changes? His love for us never changes. Oh, his love for us in Isaiah chapter 54 says this, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. From everlasting to everlasting, his love for you will never end. He loved you and I so much. I mean, we can't even comprehend that he would give his son for us. That is, we're, we are dead in our sin because everybody is supposed to pay for their own sin. And Jesus says, I'll, I'll do it. And God says, I'll give my son in the place of your sin. Wow. How amazing of a lot. I wish, I wish that somehow I could look into each of your brains right now and see if you're getting this. How much God loves us beyond so much measure. I feel like that scripture that Paul says to the Ephesians is what I want to say over you today. I pray that you, who are rooted and established in love, may together with all God's holy people right here, that you may grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of God for you and I, that love that surpasses knowledge. We can't even understand it. That love that surpasses knowledge and the love that surpasses you may be filled to all the measure of the, all the fullness of God. This fullness of God is connected to me understanding how much he loves me. I want more of God in me than I need to understand how much he loves me. I want to learn more about his love. I want to know how much. I want to, oh, if I can just grasp it more and more, it says that's the fullness for which you will know God. Wow. God, help us to know that. Because God is never changing. His love never changes because ultimately God's character never changes. The worship team is going to come up and play. His character never, ever changes. In fact, it is impossible for God to change. The influences that cause change in my life and your life have no effect on God whatsoever. He will never be stronger and he will never be weaker. His knowledge and wisdom will not increase and it will not diminish. God does not compromise or change his values. And God does not have mood swings. Praise the Lord. Life and its uncertainties may shake us. But God, the rock of ages, does not move. So if we cling to him, we will not move and he will be the strength for us. Oh, I love that, that Jesus is so unchanging that he is, Paul calls him our sure foundation that we build upon. Yeah. And if I think about a foundation of our house, we have this crack in the ceiling of our, of our house. And that crack goes like between the doorways, and I think we have a couple of different cracks. And I think because that foundation was man-made, it settles, and it moves a little bit, and it causes the walls to crack. Can I tell you, we have the foundation of Jesus. And that if we build, 1 Corinthians talks about building with gold and silver and costly stones are the good things. Then you got the wood, hay, and the straw. And it says that if we build upon that foundation of Jesus using the good things, the gold, the silver, the costly stones, our walls will never crack. If we build on these promises, 
When we build on Jesus, he's our solid foundation, and we build with good things. They will never crack. Our walls will never crack. But most of the time, we're building with wood, hay, and straw, and we're wondering why our walls are cracking. Or can I even be so bold as to say, I have a half a Jesus foundation? If you go into the living room, you'll be on the Jesus foundation. But if you go into a different section of my house, well... That's built the way I like to build it. And that's the part that's probably going to be cracking and causing problems. Lord, help us to build on you. Amen? Amen. Psalm 102. I promise this is my last scripture. In the beginning you laid the foundations. David says this about God. In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like clothing. You will change them, and they will be discarded. But you remain the same. And your years will never end. The children of your servant will live in your presence. That's us. And your descendants will be established before you. That's, wow. Because he never changes. He is always the same. Never, ever, ever will he change. Will you bow your heads with me this morning? Lord, I just ask that you would help this knowledge of who you are to be rooted deeply within us this morning. Help us to know what it is to rely on your love that never, ever ends. We want that fullness, Lord. We want that desperately. And Lord, help us to see that you are always with us and that you never leave us and never forsake us during tough times. And you will always promise you will fulfill the promises that you've given to us. You never change. You never change. You never change. Thank you for listening to Praise Center Sermon of the Week. Don't forget, for more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com.